1: Loving Jesus is not a matter of doing excellent things. It's a matter of delighting ourselves in our excellent Savior. You can do all the wonderful great works you want to do, but if you have no love for Jesus Christ, it's nothing. It means nothing. He's not in you. I've told you time and time and time again, the Lord saved me from a life of sin and depravity and terribleness, not to make me a pastor, but so that I would fellowship
0: with him. In the Christian life, the why is more important than the what. What you do for God is certainly important, but why you do those things is even more important. Do you volunteer your time and give money at your church because you love Jesus or because you want to play the role of a Christian? That's a tough question to ask. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 14 as he continues his message, The Manifestation of God's Love. You are a sure-
1: God has manifested his love through the coming of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20 of, of John 14, at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Jesus asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit upon the disciples so that they could be joined with him and the Father forever. It is through the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised that the disciples would know a life of relationship, would know a life of wonder, of wonder, a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of servitude and practice what God is telling us to do through the Holy Spirit. It's a shared life. It's a union with God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the oneness that Jesus is going to pray for when we get to chapter 17. We can have this relationship, this union with God the Father and with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. In this union, we can know God's will. Because the Spirit tells us what God's will is. The Spirit leads us into the truth. The Spirit guides us into that truth. We can experience God's love by this union through the Holy Spirit and we experience the revelation of Jesus Christ himself as he manifests himself to us. All this flows. All this flows from the union we have with God the Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Remember what I said last week. You take one out, you lose them all. You can't just have one. You got to have the three you got to have the three. So in verse 21, Jesus promises a manifestation of God's love through him as he reveals himself to those who are obedient by loving him and keeping his commandments. Look at verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I love this. What is the reward for loving Jesus? The reward for loving Jesus is love back and you have the love of the Father. That's what he said right here. Look at, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. That's a reward for loving Jesus Christ. Those who receive this promise of love are not simply called Christians. They're not simply called believers. They're described four times in what we've read in the Gospel of John as those who love Jesus Christ. Verses 15 and 16, verse 21, and we're going to read it again in verse 23. So he's making a point here. As we love Jesus and are loved by the Father, what do we experience? What has been your experience? You probably can tell me. What has been your experience of loving Jesus and being loved by the Father? I can think of several words that would describe it. First of all, it's quite unique, isn't it? It's quite unique because it's unique to you. Because it's a personal relationship. What you experience might not be what I experience. However, it might be. Because God tailors that love for you just for you. It's a personal relationship. It's intimate. It's an intimate relationship. It's affectionate. God really cares for you. He loves you with a lavishing love, an everlasting love. It's, it's caring. It's, it's a committed love. His love never fails. His love will never fade away. All those things that it says in 1 Corinthians 13 about what love truly is. It's the epitome of what love is, the kind of love that we can't ascribe to Here on earth. Without the help of the Holy Spirit. And then it's difficult. And then it's difficult. A love that belongs to us only for those who love the Son. That's what he's saying here. A love that the world can't experience. Why? Because the world can't see Christ. The world can't accept him. The world hasn't accepted him. Although it is available to them. And in the midst of all this, Jesus is on a tear now. You can see all these red letters all the way down from verse 19 of, um, of wait a minute, I'm on the wrong page. All, all these down, all the way from verse 38 in chapter um, 13, all the way through, you see all these red letters. All of a sudden, Judas, not Iscariot, has to jump into the mix. He's got his question now he wants to be answered. Look at 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? This is a logical question. Because all along, Jesus Jesus has been telling them that he is the Messiah. And the Messiah will be manifested to the entire world when Jesus returns, when Jesus comes back. Not at this time. So Jesus now answers this question of Judas. Let's finish out the scriptures. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, He will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So what is he doing here? It's almost like he's summarizing everything we just read. He's going all the way back and summarizing everything we've just read, the previous verses. He said, I'm going to be revealed to you. I'm going to manifest myself to you through love, through obedience, and by the union that we have with the Father. This is not a mystical type thing. It's not something mystical. It's something that you can experience right now. This is a real life experience. It's something that should be happening in your lives as you grow closer to Jesus Christ. After you've accepted him, something should have happened. Something should have happened. You should be able to look back as to where you are right now, look back on your life, and there should be some changes there. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not saying that at all, but there should be some changes. I'm not saying that you'll never sin. There should be some changes. I'm not what I was. I'm certainly not what I'm going to be. It's not mystical. It's real life. And this manifestation is lived out By the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. so Jesus said, I'm going to manifest myself to you. God's love would be manifested by the person Jesus Christ. If we treasure God's word, he says, if we obey it, then the Father and the Son will share their love with us. Their love will be manifested in us. They will come into our hearts and they will make themselves at home. Is Christ, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Are they at home in your heart? Some of the places that you go, some of the things that you think, do you want them at home in your heart? They want to be at home in your heart. Jesus died on a cross so he could be at home in your heart. When a sinner trusts in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross for salvation, the Holy Spirit immediately enters into that person. It's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit begins to bear witness that this person who has accepted Jesus' sacrifice becomes a child of God. And that's how it works. Jesus said in verse 16 that the Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. So the Spirit takes up residence within you. But as a believer, we need to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to submit to the Holy Spirit's working, His guidance. And as we do... We begin to love God's word. We begin to pray. And we begin to obey his word. We obey his comm- command. Why? Because we're in a much deeper relationship with him. We're in a deeper relationship with God the Father. I love what Warren Wiersbe said, quote, Salvations mean we're going to heaven, but submission means that heaven comes down. I like that. I really do, unquote. Our experience with God ought to go deeper and deeper and deeper. It should never stay at a plateau. We always should be getting closer and closer to God as the Holy Spirit in us continues to conform us into the image of our beloved Savior. We should see things falling away. We should see things happening in our life. We should be looking. We look in the mirror and we don't see ourselves clearly, but we will one day. Our experience gets deeper, and as we yield to the spirit of truth and permit him to teach us and be our guide, we draw closer and closer to God the Father through Jesus Christ. God manifests his love towards us in a deeper way, and if we love him with our hearts and we obey him, it continues to flow. It continues to go. God has manifested his love in Jesus Christ, and the scripture here says we are to love him. What does it mean to love Jesus? He tells us four times what the nature of this love looks like, and we've already studied them. Four times. It results in keeping the commandments of Jesus. More generally, keeping God's word. Verse 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keep them, he, it is he who loves me. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Many of us say, we love Jesus, but what do we do as he says? But we, Do we follow his commands? Another commentator, if you will, quote, loving Jesus is a response to beauty and greatness and glory. It does not. It is not a response to need or weakness or defect, which also means that the love for Jesus is pleasurable. It's desiring him because he's infinitely desirable. It's admiring him because he is infinitely admirable. It's treasuring him because he is infinitely valuable. It's enjoying him because he is infinitely enjoyable. It's being satisfied with all that he is because he is an infinitely satisfying. Do you get the picture here? Do you get where all this is going? It is a reflex to the awakened and newborn human soul, to all that is good, beautiful, and everything that is embodied in Jesus Christ. That's what it is, unquote. That's what it is, and that's what we look for. So loving Jesus is not a matter of doing excellent things. Loving Jesus is not a matter of doing excellent things. It's a matter of delighting ourselves in our excellent Savior. You can do all the wonderful, great works you want to do, but if you have no love for Jesus Christ, it's nothing. It means nothing. He's not in you. I've told you time and time and time again, the Lord saved me from a life of sin and depravity and terribleness, not to make me a pastor, but so that I would fellowship with Him. That's the primo. Everything else is gravy. But having a relationship with Him is premier. Jesus says, when you want to do excellent things, you want to do something really excellent, keep my word. Keep my word. That's the most excellent thing you can do. You keep my word by delighting in me. The more you delight in him, the more hunger you have for his word. The more you read his word, the more you delight in him, etc., etc., etc. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So here comes the next question. What does Jesus command us to do? What does Jesus command us to do? Well, we know he says, love God. We know he says, love your neighbor as yourself. We know he says, love one another as I have loved you. But all through the gospel of John, he has given other commands. He has given us other commands. Way back in John 1.12, receive me. John 1.43, follow me. John 5, 8, get up, crippled man. Are you crippled by sin? Confess your sin and get up, crippled man. Rise from the dead, Lazarus. Are you dead because of your sin? Accept Jesus Christ and get new life. Rise from the dead, Lazarus. Believe in the light. Follow the light. Believe in God. Believe in me, Jesus says. Abide in me. Ask whatever you wish. Abide in my love. Receive the Holy Spirit. These are the commandments all the way through the Gospel of John. Do you see yourselves in these things, doing these things? Is this your relationship with God? Is this what your relationship is built on, knowing Christ, knowing His commandments, and loving Him? To believe in Jesus is to place your true faith, your trust, and your hope in Him. And where there is true faith, there is love. Where there is true faith for Jesus Christ, there is love, and we know our faith is true because we love each other. For where there is not love for each other, there is no true faith. If you turn to the gospel first uh, John again, I think this is the last time we'll go there, but let's look at verses in chapter four, verses 20 down to 5:5 5, 5. John writes, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him. He who, him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. I love that. His commandments are not burdensome. You might say, well, they look burdensome to me. They look really difficult to me. Well, then you're not trusting in Christ and you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. If his commandments seem burdened to you, then you're not really trusting, are you? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I love that. So how do we prove ourselves? How do we prove ourselves that we love Christ? How do we prove ourselves that we're loving Christ? Well, it's simple. Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Uh, Well, I don't know. I could love this person, but I can't love that person. They're all kind of lovable. Do I have to love this person over here? Wait a minute. Come on, we're all human. When you're talking to someone that you don't want to talk to, are you looking for someone else that you can talk to that you want to talk to? Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Hi, right, I'm here. Do you call yourself a Christian and not love your fellow Christians? You find if this is happening, you're lacking the manifestation of God's love what do we do? We come and confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, help me love this person. You know they're unlovable. In fact, Lord, I know I'm unlovable at times. I know you may find that hard to believe. What are you laughing about? We're all unlovable at times, but our Lord is so patient and long-suffering. He shows the parable of the fig tree and we dig about such unfruitful tree and and dung whether it may bring forth fruit. But love isn't a mere sentiment. Love's not a mere sentiment. It's not something that we work up. Love manifests itself in our lives as we obey his commandments, as we obey his commandments to love one another. So our love will do no one good if we're sleeping. If we keep our love tampered down and it doesn't come forth in action, if there's no action to follow when we say we love, something's missing. If you see someone drowning or you just go, I'll pray for you, or you're going to try to help the person. John says we should learn from God what love is, and we ought to lay our lives down for our brethren. We ought to give of our brethren. That's the whole idea of the washing feet thing. That's the whole idea of the washing feet thing. So let's close here. What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line in all this? The bottom line is to love Jesus Christ with all your heart. Love him with every ounce of your being. Keep his commandments, receive him and abide in him and overflow with the fullness of others in love. Demonstrate that love to each other. Love each other. When we do this, we're loved by the Father. The Holy Spirit quickens our hearts and we even love more and we can love even more and the Father comes and they protect us and they lead us and guide us and you won't be an orphan. You won't be without love. You will be loved by the the greatest love ever. God, you'll be comforted in a God who loves you in such a personal way that the world can't understand this love that God will love you with. The world doesn't know what this love is like. The world can't fathom this love. In fact, the world is looking for love in all the wrong places. They're looking for this love. They're looking for this love. They're trying to get this love that we have. And it's so easy to obtain. Believe in Jesus Christ and love him and continue to love him. And as you love him, the Holy Spirit will give you the guidance to obey him and keep his commandments and you'll love him more and more. And it just becomes a big cycle where you continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of him. You continue to love more and you're loved more and you're constantly growing in him. Jesus will manifest himself to you. The Holy Spirit will manifest himself in you, through you, among you, and out of you will flow. Jesus is the true manifestation of the love of God. Do you know him? I mean, yeah, I know Jesus. No, no, that's not what I'm asking. Do you know him personally? Do you have that personal relationship with him that leads to life and life everlasting? If you don't, what are you waiting for? If you don't know him in that vein please after service come up and let us pray for you let us pray for you that you might receive Jesus Christ and come down to the beach and we'll dunk in the water and baptize you in the name of Jesus and Father and Holy Spirit what a glorious thing i read read a sign once long time ago on route 73 I used to go up there a lot because my parents lived up in Cherry Hill, and Beatrice's parents lived in Philly. And we used to travel back and forth from Ocean City up on Route 73. And for the longest time, there was a sign there, right on the side of the highway. It's no longer there, but one of the where did you went under this, this this train trestle and turned the corner? There was a great big sign, and it said, "God is waiting to be wanted. God has done His part." God has done his part. Send his son to die on a cruel Roman cross for you. For those that would accept him. For the world, it says. God has done what he needs to do. Have you done your part? Have you accepted God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? Have you accepted this glorious and wonderful gift that God is wanting to give you freely? I mean, who doesn't like gifts? Who doesn't like receiving things? Well, this is the greatest gift ever in the entire world. The greatest gift ever given to mankind. And the manifestation of God's love through Jesus Christ. Have you accepted it? You are assured.
0: The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth. But the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel, Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.